Today on the Exit Podcast, we will be speaking to Joe, a former far-right extremist who sheds light on his life and time involved in far-right extremism. Joe, welcome to the Exit Podcast. As ever, I'd like to begin by asking you, Joe, why did you get involved with the far-right? I got involved in the far-right due to a lot of events that happened when I was a small boy. Uh... Growing up right through my teenage years, the first one being a headmaster who was uh, working in my city when I was growing up, the city of Bradford. He was the headmaster of Drummond Middle School. His name was Ray Honeyford. He had expressed words in a journal, or the Salisbury Journal, I think it was called, that he believed that children should start learning English before they reach primary school, so aged four to five. He was hounded out of his career for this. He, the scenes we saw in Batley, the lynch mob, were reminiscent. They reminded me so much of this uh, headmaster, Ray Honeyford. Then, also around the same time, there was a little Bangladeshi boy in my year at school He'd been punched in the face by his imam because he'd read something wrong in Arabic. We were all horrified, me and the other non-Muslim children in our school. There weren't many of us. But he somehow felt he deserved it. Uh, he'd read the words wrong in Arabic out of the Quran. Then, when I was about nine, we had Salman Rushdie's Satanic Verses published. The Muslim community in Bradford, the Pakistani community responded to this by looting a bookshop, Dylan's bookshop, and having a book burning in the centre of Bradford, along with a very aggressive, very threatening uh, protest, which could basically have been described as a riot. That were like Bradford's first riot, if you will. There was uh, another thing as well. I was growing up around very violent, very extreme jihadi Muslim children, uh, they were a contributing their views were a contributing factor and also the grooming gangs as well this were back in the 90s when very little were known about it but I'd seen it with my own eyes a white girl with a Pakistani boyfriend and about 40 of his boys surrounding him we saw them as trash at the time but we didn't realise they were actually vulnerable we had a very left-wing teacher in my school, a geography teacher. He had posters all around his classroom encouraging young white girls to date Pakistani boys. He also had posters how to deal with racist parents. And ironically, all these posters used to disappear just come any parents' evening. Then we had four riots in our city, the first one being in the early 90s, 95, I think, the Manningham riot. There were two more in close succession around the Lidget Green area before the big one in 2001. That was the biggest race riot this country's ever seen. And of course, the authorities, the police, the media all wasted no time in blaming the white community for that riot when nothing could have been further from the truth. So I was very angry at these events. I weren't taught to be a racist. My parents were not racist. I was sent running to the far right as a re reaction to things that were happening around me. I was also seeing things like job advertisements at the time being 
aimed at ethnic minorities only. So it was disadvantaging the host population. I saw it as wrong. The local council were blatantly anti-white. And yeah, it, it was a mixture of all these events that really got me involved in the far right. It sounds like a very troubled time in the history of Bradford and especially with all of the riots that you mentioned and the feeling in the community at the time must have been terrifying. One thing that you did mention was the Pakistani grooming gangs as you perceived them and certainly this was something that compelled me when I was involved in the far right. However, coming out of the far right and having looked at the statistics and the facts... It surprised me to learn that the majority of child sex offences are conducted by white people, but in fact, when we look at the far right themselves, over 70 individuals have been convicted of paedophilia offences. So that's something certainly that can really change your opinion about the far right. So having heard how you got involved, can you tell me what you got out of being involved in the far right overall? I personally didn't get very much out of being involved in the far right. I saw my involvement as not about me, but as part, as doing my part for a wider cause. I didn't enjoy going on aggressive demonstrations. Uh, I did. I did get a lot of respect from the pe- the other people who were involved. I learnt a lot about politics and how the electoral system works. If I could take that as a positive thing that I learnt from my involvement, but otherwise, I didn't enjoy the. The activism side, I just saw it as something that needed to be done. A bit like going to work, you might not necessarily like it, but you do it because you feel you've got to, or you should. That's a very interesting way of looking at it, and actually, so often when we do these interviews, people say, well, they got involved because of friends, or they were encouraged to go to demonstrations because they wanted to feel part of something bigger or greater. But as you say, for you, it was like going to work. It was something that you felt you had to do because it would change things ultimately. So that's really interesting, Joe. Thanks for sharing that. So, Joe, can you tell us what it was like actually being involved in the far right? How did it impact your life and how did it make you feel? There were a lot of unwritten rules that we had to live by. For example... It would be unacceptable to go to the curry house or the Chinese takeaway. Uh, Having ethnic minority friends would be seen as unacceptable. You could speak to an ethnic minority person just as if you were seen being too friendly to them. You'd be asked what you were doing. There were also people like on your social media. I had people from all backgrounds on my social media, old school friends, old work colleagues, that sort of thing. I found far-right activists would take the liberty of going through my friends list and they'd find somebody who's doing something they don't like. Maybe he's got an M&M poster on his uh, Facebook or MySpace as it were back then. Or he'd be doing something else they don't like or, you know, that... you'd be asked why you're hanging around with these people. I used to back a lot of that off by saying, I don't let anybody choose my friends. If you don't like it, then 
get off my friend friends list you know that backed the hate off a bit i wouldn't say being involved in the far right was like being a member of a cult but it definitely takes over your life uh, very early on i was promoted to a leadership position within the national front i was the branch organizer within about two months of joining uh, very quickly i was asked to be the regional organizer when the one before me had left the party for his own reasons i don't actually know what they were so yeah i spent a lot of my free time planning political activities whether there was elections coming up that we were standing in uh, going out leafleting going out canvassing uh what other things would we do yeah they were organizing protests as well and things like that and attending them uh and then oh yeah we're also made admin of the forum so that took a lot of my free time as well i'd spend around four to five hours a day monitoring people's posts and making sure they were within the law uh and having to ban people from the forum who repeatedly broke the rules uh, that sort of thing so it became a very restrictive life I, all my free time when i weren't working to pay the bills i was active and when you put that into context that you were actually forbidden from going to a chinese takeaway something that many of us take for granted and forms part of our weekly routines and yet you weren't able to do this within the far right in fear of persecution from fellow far right extremists. So that really is eye opening. And it also seems like your time spent in the far right was incredibly busy. It seems like you didn't get a moment's rest because you were constantly, as you said, monitoring the forums and organizing political activities. So it must have been a very stressful lifestyle being involved in far-right extremism. So if you could go back and look at your time in the far-right, was there anything that you actually liked about being involved in it? I did used to like attending gigs hosted by Blood and Honour. They were, they were exciting, they were good. Uh, I would say as well, some of the friends I made while I were involved in the far-right some of my old comrades, a lot of them turned out to be complete snakes and that friendship turned out to be fake, but I did make some really good friends in there. The ones I'm still in contact with have all left the far right now, they're no longer involved, but yeah, some of my best mates I met while I was an active member of the far right. And of course, as we know, the far right music scene was fairly influential during the early days of the National Front in Combat 18 and many of those groups that surrounded themselves with the blood and honour scene. So I can certainly understand the appeal. And as we go forward into modern times, things like Fashwave and electrical music seem to have almost replaced that and continue to inspire people to be involved in far-right extremism. So I guess the other side of that question about what you liked about being involved is actually what didn't you like about being involved in the far right? There were a lot I didn't like about being involved in the far right. For me, I, I weren't involved for self-indulgent reasons. I were involved and I were active because I saw it as the, uh, the right thing to do. 
that these problems in my society weren't going away and that, yeah, it needed a, the political policies offered by the National Front to resolve these issues. Uh, when I was, Most men my age, they were settling down to family life and getting married and having children or they were going on lads' holidays and that sort of thing. For me, I couldn't trust anyone. And it limited the type of women I could get into relationships with as well. It, it, it limited it to women that were in agreement with my the values I was living by at that time. So, yeah, I would say, actually, my involvement was making me miserable. And it doesn't have a good effect on your mental health. Yes, we hear this story from lots of people who have been involved in the far right, the limitations of a normal lifestyle and the restrictions that being involved in the far right brings. So having heard that, can you tell me, Joe, what made you leave the far right? At which point did you decide that you had had enough? I initially left just as a break because I'd had a falling out with two other leading members of the National Front. Uh, they tried to get me expelled. I just walked away anyway. It had been complete. It was completely going down the pan at that point. Uh, so yeah, as I was taking the time out from that, I, I did briefly join the BMP, but my local branch were going down a very dangerous path. They'd uh, met a, a youth group that's since been banned of young nationalists, and they ex they got excited. They were totally tickled pink. I saw this as a dangerous route it were going down. And also the conspiracy theories that I'd been fed over the years. I started to question the evidence, evidence that the far right were presenting. And the response to this was to throw YouTube videos at me. Or they'd throw writings from other conspiracy theorists at me. They couldn't provide any of their own material. They hadn't been to the ground on 9 when the Twin Towers once stood, for example, and done their own research. They hadn't interviewed any of these witnesses. There's nothing to offer other than that what's already out there and already been debunked. And when you debunk what they were saying, they'd go bananas and they'd act like you've just you've just uh, insulted the religion. You know, where they're peddling stuff like no Jews were uh, at work that day when... the it was complete nonsense. Several Jews died in 9-11. So, yeah, there was actually the questioning of my beliefs. And also, I were making friends with people at work who were from all backgrounds. I did have an African Muslim from the Ivory Coast working for me. He was a really good lad with this guy. You'd have to work very hard to dislike him. Such a mild-mannered man and a good worker as well. And, yeah, I did help that guy pass his driving test. He uh, I went out to look at the, the first car he bought with him. He's now actually got a career in driving. But, uh, yeah, I just it was through questioning my own beliefs. It's just like any good scientist sets out to disprove his own theories. I set out to disprove my own beliefs and could I find anything that would conflict with my own beliefs and find a, res a resolve it turned out a lot of what had been fed were nonsense uh, this theory that this race war was going to break out 
that I'd been told when I was very young. It weren't unrealistic given what had gone on in Bradford with the several race riots. That just being an example, then 9-11 and that sort of thing. The realisation that a race war wasn't going to break out was uh, a home truth for me. But it is what it is. Yes, and so often we find that that self-doubt and journey of self-discovery through meeting people of different ethnic backgrounds and having positive experiences with them can really help somebody leave the far right. And certainly it sounds in your case that it did. And as you've said and elaborated on those conspiracy theories and those plans about race war, when all of that is exposed as being fake, then you have serious doubts about the far right. So just what doubts did you have when you were involved in the far right, Joe? At the time, I didn't have any doubts at all. I fully believed and were fully committed in what I were doing. The only doubts I'd say I'd have were the lifestyles being lived by my fellow nationalists. You know, the benefit culture, the refusing to work with a lot of them. That used to uh, disgust me. And... Also, the conspiracy theories that they were peddling, a lot of them from the off were nonsense, but they'd peddle on, they'd carry on with it anyway. They were the only real doubts I'd have, I'd say, at that time. It weren't until I started questioning my beliefs that I could see right what was right and what was wrong. And that moment of questioning your beliefs sounds like the the real watershed moment in which you decided to change. I think it's perfectly natural for people involved in far-right extremism to have doubts. It's just finding the way to deal with those doubts, and actually often that will lead to the pathway out. So looking back at your time in the movement, Joe, how do you view it today? I wasted my youth. That's how I look back on it. I wasted my 20s and late teens and early 30s mixed up in this nonsense. If I'd put that much time, effort and money into building a business, I'd be a very rich man by now. Or if I'd put that much time and effort into, you know, becoming a good boxer or sportsman, I'd have, I would have succeeded in that field. But I wasted the opportunity. I wasted that. That is time I'll never get back. Well, that's exactly it. You've hit the nail on the head. It is just a waste of life. And for many people who have been involved throughout their childhood and younger years, they often look back with such regret and anger about that time wasted, time that they can never get back. So then you must have had many regrets being involved in the far right. I regret most of it. I regret cutting off friends who didn't believe in what I were doing and didn't support what I were doing. I regret wasting my youth, I regret writing people off and pushing them away because of the race or the religion or the views. It would just, uh, if I could have my time again, I'd just avoid it like the plague. That's how most people term it, avoid it like the plague, like it's an infectious disease that destroys life and that's exactly what the far right is. So looking back at your time again, can you tell me, Joe, if you achieved anything that you wanted to when you were involved in the far right? I was promoted through ranks into a leadership position very early on, if you want to take that as an achievement, but I don't. 
I don't think out of the thousands of people I've met in that movement that anyone's life has improved and got better or they've benefited any way from getting involved in the far right. Joe, thank you very much for coming on to the Exit podcast and sharing your fascinating story and journey throughout far-right extremism. And that concludes Joe's story for the Exit podcast. Join us again for the next episode. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in today's podcast or you simply want confidential advice and support, then please contact Exit UK on 0800 999 1945 or email us at info at We're always here to support people who wish to leave far-right extremism. So begin your journey today and reach out to us.